This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. Praise God. All right, so here is the title of the series that we are starting today, and this is part one. It is titled, <laughs> Judgment, the Believer, and the Grace of God. Now I know that we, you know, when you talk to people in Christendom, there are many doctrines out there, many opinions, many views. Some say, yes, the believer is going to face a final judgment. Yes, there is judgment for the believer. The believer is judged now, and the believer will be judged when it's all done and said, and that judgment will affect their eternity. Then there are those who say there is no judgment. Judgment has already taken place. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> regardless of how and what our view may be of judgment, at the end of the day, if it doesn't line up with God and His Word, then we need to realign it and get it in line with God and His Word. Amen. There's too many believers out there who are living lives in fear. And I'm not saying that we should be careless. You know, unfortunately, when we share things like I'm going to share in the series and say things that I'm going to say, some people just for some reason <laughs> find ulterior motives in what I say and think that what I'm saying is I'm implying that you don't have to be concerned about judgment, that you don't have to bother, you know, being good and doing good and living a righteous and a holy life. And that's the last thing that we are saying, that I ever say. I preach against sin. I speak against sin. I am not for sin. I by no means think that the grace of God is a license to sin. In actual fact, the grace of God is a license. If you want to tag it to a license, it's a license to live free from sin or to live in the freedom of the finished work of the cross so that we don't give in to and engage in sin. But at the same time, we need to remember that we live in this fallen body. We are natural descendants. This body is the natural descendant of fallen Adam. And so we need to deal with sin. We will face sin. We will face temptation. But praise God for victory in Jesus. And praise God that we have a new identity in Jesus. Amen. So please never ever think that in what I say and what I preach, even when it comes to judgment, especially in relation to the believer, don't ever make the assumption that I'm making light of judgment, that I'm making light of sin and engaging in sin and habitually having a lifestyle of sin. It's never good. It's never going to help anyone. Scripture says, sin has a nature and the wages of sin is death. Death referring to separation from God. Ultimately, it alienates one from God. Now, <laughs> you know, and eventually for the believer, sin can eventually lead a believer into unbelief and that unbelief can eventually lead into iniquity. That's the highest form of sin. And eventually it can lead a believer to reject redemption in Jesus, reject Jesus. And once that happens, well, a believer is eternally doomed. I mean, damned. And that's by choice. It's not because God did it. And so we don't ever want to make light of it. But at the same time, <clears throat> we want to preach gospel truth about judgment, about God, about His Word and what he says about it. Amen. All right, so judgment, the believer and grace. And this is part one. Now, part one, we've subtitled, Judged by the Words of Jesus. And you'll see what I mean as we go along now. And so that's what we want to do. So today, 
we are going to lay a foundation <laughs> for what is to come and then we're going to get into if you would the nitty-gritties of what we're going to share you know as far as judgment the believer and the grace of God now what is your view of judgment as a believer if you are a believer as a believer do you believe that you are still have a pending judgment before God or do you believe that judgment has taken place and then if you do believe that judgment has taken place what about what you do in this life is that going to matter and affect your eternity and so forth and so we want to discuss those things and more <clears throat> so let's begin today by reading the portion that perhaps is going to be the flagship scripture or portion for our series I'm not sure yet but let's read this because this is what I want to share with you today I want to share the heart of the fact that the unbeliever <clears throat> listen to this carefully and I'll explain it the unbeliever and the believer both will be or let me put it this way the unbeliever will ultimately be judged by the words of Jesus some people think God is going to judge them Jesus is going to judge them and yes they will stand in judgment before God and the Lord but it's going to be on the basis of what he said and then also we have the believer who also will be judged by the words of Jesus now I know that perhaps you think oh, okay hold on you're confusing me it's different to what you've said before stay with me let's go through this and you'll see it'll make absolute sense you'll see what I mean so let's begin by reading John chapter 12 verse 44 to 48 from the New King James translation it says there <coughs> then Jesus cried out and said he who believes in me watches believes not in me doesn't that sound weird he who believes in me doesn't believe in me but watch what he says but in him who sent me in other words what Jesus is really saying with that is, is that if you believe in me it's not really me that you are believing in more than you are believing in the one who sent me who's God the Father that's what he's saying so what he's saying is, is that when someone puts their faith and trust in Jesus what they are actually doing is they're putting their faith and trust in God himself praise God for that amen let's continue reading verse 45 <clears throat> then he says he who sees me he who sees me sees him who sent me so what Jesus is saying there is, is that you are seeing me as a person but really who you are seeing is the one who sent me who is God so what he is doing is he's saying I am simply the representation of God but really by believing in me and by seeing me you are believing in God and you are seeing God is what he's saying then he says I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness look at what Jesus said he says he is he's coming to the world as a light in other words to cause us to live in light or you could say in enlightenment so that we can know so that we don't ever have to live in darkness meaning that we don't ever have to wonder and question is this God is this not God is this God's doing not God's doing he says I've come to give you light I've come to enlighten you I've come to enlighten you so you don't have to live in darkness he says then he says in verse 47 
And if anyone, watch us now, this is, we read all day to read this. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, believe what? His words. I do not judge him. Look at that. He says, personally, I'm not going to judge him. I don't judge him. He says, for I did not come, notice he did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. So what he is saying there is he's making a distinction between what he said, his words, and him as a person, as the Messiah, as the Savior. And he is saying, I am saying what I need to say. And you'll see in a moment he says he said what God told him to say. He says, I'm saying what I need to say. But someone who chooses to ignore or disregard what I say and not believe what I say, he says, he's not going to be judged by me personally, but the words that I have said are the ones that are going to judge him. And you'll see he says that now in verse 48. Watch us. He who rejects me and does not receive, watch again, my words has that. In other words, his words, which judges him. See that? The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. I mean, this is loaded and it is so powerful. And you can see right there that what Jesus is saying, he's saying, you've seen me, you've seen God. You believe in me, you believe in God. Because that's who I represent. That's who really is here. And he says, I'm here to enlighten you, to fill you with what you need to know so you don't live in darkness and you don't you don't wonder about God and redemption and this and that he says you will know exactly what you need to know about God about you and about redemption in me is what he's saying he says but at the same time he says anyone who hears what i have to say and chooses not to believe what i say he says they're not going to be judged by me it's those words that i have said that they've chosen not to believe those are the very words, he says, that will judge him or her eventually. Because they didn't receive my words, it's those very words that are going to judge them. You see, that's oftentimes, that's something that we miss in our doctrine. We miss in understanding judgment and the judgment of God. Now, granted that he's talking about people who've decided not to believe on him, not to put their trust and confidence in him which is really God. And Jesus says, the fact that they decided to ignore and disregard and not believe and put their trust in me and in God because of what I said, after hearing what I have said, it is those very words that they heard and what I said that is going to be their judge eventually. Not me, he says. In other words, I've done what I need to do to redeem them. I've made them aware of it. But the fact that they've ignored or they choose to ignore and disregard and not believe what I said, it is those very words that are going to judge them. And you know, I mean, we can try and think of illustrations to illustrate what he's saying right there. I think about, you know, my dear mom. As you know, she died last year in June. And I, I don't have to tell you how I felt about her. I loved her dearly. I still do. She loved me dearly, and I know she still does. But the point is, is, is that, you know, it's, it hasn't quite been a year yet. It's almost there. But I often find myself thinking about things that she said to me. 
And as a teenager, as a young man, she gave me counsel. She gave me advice. She told me from her life experience and from her love as a mother, as a parent, she had told me many things. She said, you know, avoid this and be careful when people say this. Be careful when they do this. This kind of, she, she tried to impart to me her life experience as much as she could to help me live a better life and a better quality of life. And I think most times I heeded and followed what she said. But there has been times where I haven't, where I remember making a decision and hearing her voice in the background in my conscience when she said to me, don't do that, don't engage in that. But I did it anyway. And only to find as time goes by how making that mistake, engaging in whatever I engaged in, and I remember her words basically being there, if you will, in judgment. It was letting me know. She told me she knew better. I didn't listen. I did it. And here now I am being judged, if you will, by the words that she spoke. So, you know, and we all have experiences like that. And I'm not saying we're perfect and we're going to get everything right. And every bit of advice that we get is perfect, <laughs> is perfect and right either. But the point that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to illustrate here what Jesus is saying here. And what he is saying is, is that I'm here to save. I'm here to redeem. I'm here to encourage. I'm here to point you to the light and take you out of darkness if that's where you're at. And also I'm here as God, representing God. And if you see me, you've seen God. You believe in me, you believe in God. But <laughs> I need to tell you that if you ignore what I say, the very things that I've said will judge you eventually, is what he said. And so... You know, as an unbeliever, maybe this doesn't make someone feel comfortable, but this is why we need to hear His Word and then believe His Word. Amen. But in essence, looking at that, what Jesus said in that portion that we've just read, what He said is, is firstly, He who believes in Him believes in God. He said, He who sees Him sees God, right? And he who believes in Him will not live in darkness. That sounds wonderful and great. But then he also said, and anyone who does not take him at his word will be judged by those very words. This is why we've subtitled this part one, judged by the words of Jesus. So think about that for a moment. It's pretty powerful. So the words that will judge those who don't believe eventually will be the words Jesus said and Jesus spoke. What did he speak about? He spoke about God. Remember, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. If you believe me, you believe God. So he spoke about God. What did he also do? <laughs> he spoke about himself. He said, I'm here, but I'm here on God's behalf because I am God, I guess you could say. And also, he spoke about redemption. He said, because if you don't believe me and believe what I'm going to do for you to redeem you, he told us. So he spoke to us about God the Father. He spoke to us about himself. And he spoke to us about redemption in himself and he says if you don't believe those words it's those very words that will actually judge you eventually so there is a judgment for the unbeliever as we know and we've just seen here that jesus said what is going to be the judge is going to be the words of jesus that they chose to ignore what jesus told them revealed to us about god 
about himself and about redemption, that is what's going to be ju to, to judge us, be our judge, if you will. So in other words, you could put it this way, what Jesus was saying. If you ignore or disregard what I said, those very words will judge and condemn you eventually. That's another way that you can put that, because that's in essence what Jesus was saying here. And I mean, yeah, it may not make us feel comfortable. And for someone who is a non-believer, this may not be something that floats their boat as far as being encouraged and hearing something good and positive. And I'm not here to judge or condemn you either. But also we cannot ignore what Jesus said. Because what Jesus just said is, is the words that I have spoken are going to be the very thing that is going to judge you. In other words, you'll have the words of In other words, you've heard what I said about God. You've heard what I said about myself. You've heard about redemption in me and you chose to ignore it. Well, the day comes when you will die on this earth and your eternity is determined by the things you heard me say, which you chose to ignore. I mean, you can't say it's unfair. You can't say it's not right because God is God. Amen. But then we also need to remind ourselves and ask ourselves, what did Jesus say about God? What did Jesus say about himself? What did Jesus say about redemption? If those words, if, those, if what he said about those things is going to be the judge of those who don't believe. So, as a reminder, what did Jesus say about God? Well, John 3.16, <laughs> commonly known, tells us what Jesus said about God the Father, God. Amen. Let's, let's read it. He said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, that's what Jesus said about God. Those words are going to judge someone who chose not to believe that. After having, heard it, hear it, after having heard it, right? So in essence, what Jesus said about God is, is that God loves you. He loves you. And He made a way for you to be redeemed in and through Jesus. That's what He said about God. And that's what, if someone chooses to ignore that, you can see there's no need for Jesus as a person to engage and judge that person. There's no need for God to step in and say, let me judge and show you why. The very words of Jesus are going to judge those who choose to ignore and walk away and disregard this. So really, when judgment day comes for the unbeliever, they are going to hear John 3.16. They're going to, not with a, with a chapter number, but they are going to, God is going to show them. I showed you, Jesus, my son, told you that, he lo that I love you. He told you that I gave him to redeem you. And he told you that anyone who chooses to believe will have eternal life and not perish. But yet, you chose to ignore it. And now it's those very words that are judging you. Because that's what Jesus said. He said it as a warning. And then also, secondly, <laughs> secondly what did Jesus say about himself? John 14, verse 6 tells us, shows us what Jesus said about himself. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one 
comes to the Father except through me. So what did Jesus say about himself? He said, the only way to have a relationship with God, to be restored to God, to be redeemed, if you will, is through me. That's in essence what he said. So not only does God love you, not only did he make a way for you, but also he says, I am that way and I'm the only way. I'm the only way to redemption. And again, you know, people, and, and I hate to even speak this way and think of it this way, but I'm thinking of unbelievers, people who chose to reject Jesus, and they stand before God so that they can see why their eternity is going to be spent not in heaven. They are going to be reminded of these words. You know, they may say, but, you know, Buddha was a great, uh, you know, person, and Confucius gave me enlightenment, and this person and that person, unfortunately, none of it is going to count. Someone can say, well, I was so devoted to New Age, you know, um, what are they called, beliefs, and I practiced all this. No matter how good it was, Jesus made it very clear. God loves you. He made a way for you. And that way is through Jesus. And He is the only way, the only truth, and the only one who can give you life. And you chose to ignore that. Those words will be their judge, is what Jesus said. Do you recall? So that's what Jesus said about himself. And then, what did Jesus say about redemption? Because those are the three key things that he spoke about. He spoke about God the Father. He spoke about himself and in relation to God and us. And then he spoke about what he came to do for us and why God sent him, which is redemption. So what did Jesus say about redemption? Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, gives us the answer. <laughs> Watch what Jesus said. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many, meaning those who will receive that ransom. The ransom is for all, but it doesn't automatically become everyone's. They need to receive it. That's why it says, for many. <laughs> because they need to respond to that ransom that was paid for them and walk in that freedom, that redemption. So what did Jesus say about redemption then, based on what we've just seen there? That Jesus alone is the basis of redemption. <laughs> because he says it right there. He says, I didn't come here to, serve, to be served. I come here to serve. And this is how I serve humanity. By giving my life as a ransom. In other words, I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to take on the punishment. I'm going to do what is necessary to redeem you. And that's what he said. So redemption is found in Jesus and the finished work of the cross or his finished work of the cross for our redemption. And again, it's those very words <laughs> that are going to judge those who choose not to accept this, not to receive it and put their trust in him. Some people, I'm sure, will, be, will stand before God and they're going to say, well, you know, I went to church, I did these things, I read my Bible, I gave to the poor. They're going to mention all their works and all the religious practices that they probably practiced and the things they did. And they're going to try and convince God that there's more good in their life than there is bad. And ultimately, you know, no one qualifies because God is perfect. His standard is perfect. We are imperfect. We are descendants of an imperfect fallen being. This is why we need redemption. And this is why Jesus said, 
You needed to be ransomed. You needed to be redeemed. And I chose to give my life to sacrifice myself to redeem you. So right now we see that what he said about God, what he said about himself and what he said about redemption. And he said it's those words that are going to judge those who choose to ignore it, to disregard it and not put their faith and trust in him. He says those are the words that are going to judge you. So when you look at the picture of judgment, as much as we don't want to talk about that, someone who chooses not to put their faith and trust in God and Jesus and what he did for them, in essence, they already know, they can already tell what will judge them and what will determine and show them, unfortunately, their eternal future, if you will. It'll be the words of Jesus. So anyone who chooses not to believe what Jesus said about God, about himself, about redemption, will be judged and condemned by what Jesus said about God and himself and redemption, respectively. So no one has to wonder, how is God going to judge me? Is he going to look at my works? Is he going to look at this, look at that? No. What is going to judge them is the words of Jesus. Did you believe in me? Did you believe in my son? Did you believe that I love you, that I sent him to die for you and be sacrificed for you so you can be redeemed? Did you believe that? No. Well, here's what Jesus said. And that will be the judge. Now, we're going somewhere with this, okay? So I'm, I'm sharing all this for a reason. Because what Jesus said is, is that what he said will judge the unbeliever, right? <laughs> we understand that. I think I made it abundantly clear. But here's the thing, and this is why I shared all that with you. This also means that what Jesus said will also judge the believer. Now, I'm not saying judge in the future tense. I'm not saying judge on that great final day, and we'll clear up some of the misunderstanding about those views. But what I am saying to you, in actual fact, probably more accurately put, would be this way. This also means that what Jesus said, or the words of Jesus about God, Himself, and redemption, judge the believer. Not will judge, but actually judge the believer. It's actually, it, it happens from the time they believe. It begins from the time they, they choose to believe what Jesus said and receive redemption in Jesus. From then on, we as believers are being judged, if you will, by the words of Jesus. And praise God for that. Wouldn't you agree? Other than hear an amen there, I hope, I hope you understand what I'm saying here. Well, let me ask you a question, just to solidify that. Would you be happy to be judged by what Jesus said about God, Himself, and redemption? If God took the words of Jesus and what Jesus said about God, about Himself, and about redemption, would you be happy to be judged by what He said? I hope you said yes. Because I definitely clum up and stand up and say, yes, I will be happy to be judged by the words of Jesus. I don't want to be judged for my, by my, for my works. I don't want to be judged by my merit, by my effort, by what I did. And yeah, some of the things may be good, but there's also things that I'm not proud of, that I didn't enjoy. We all messed up. We all make mistakes. I don't want to be judged that way. I prefer to be judged by the words of Jesus. Well, don't you? 
I mean, <laughs> if you really put your faith and trust in Him and believe in Him and receive redemption in Him, and He said, the words that I said will judge the unbeliever, inferring that the words that He said also judged the believer or judge the believer, yeah, I want to be counted among those. Yes, let the words of Jesus judge me. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I, say little, I sense a little doubt there. Well, let me show you some of the words of Jesus, some of what He said whether he said it directly or he said it through the people that inspired to write scripture, he still said it because it's his word. I want to be judged by his words. And I'm glad that in actual fact, I am being judged by his words. I'm glad that his words is what judges me and determines me before God. I'm glad about that. I'm glad it's not me, myself, and what I can do, what I cannot do, and what I've done, what I will do. No, I'm glad that by me putting my faith and trust in what Jesus said and believing it and embracing it, I'm glad that that is what judges me and what will continue to judge me and it will continue to judge me for eternity. Amen. Wouldn't you agree with that? Let's see what he said. Let's see if you are happy to be judged by the words of Jesus. Watch this. Colossians 2 verse 13 from the Amplified Translation. When you were, notice, were, past tense, when you were dead in your sins, in other words, you, when your identity was in fallen Adam, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, in other words, worldliness, manner of life, talking about sinful life, God, notice, God made you alive together with Christ, having freely, watch us, forgiven us all our sins. Not some of our sins, but all our sin. So what you see from there is, is that in Jesus and by putting your faith and trust in Jesus, in what God has made available to you in and through Jesus, by doing that, who you were in fallen Adam is put to death. That identity is gone. This is why the believer is born again. That's what Jesus said in John 3, 3. You must be born again because you receive a new identity. So you no longer relate to God on the basis of your identity in fallen Adam. You relate to God on the basis of your new identity in Jesus. That's why it says were. And then it says God is the one who did that work in you and placed you in Jesus because he forgave you all your sins. He forgave you for your past sins. He forgave you for your present sins. And he forgave you for your future sins. Because he took care of the whole entire sin issue. And I know the legalist immediately cringes there and says, Oh, there you go. See, that's why. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> At the end of the day, he dealt with the whole sin issue. Because if Jesus was not enough to deal with the whole sin issue, then why bother? Why did Jesus come? You see, some people think that we still need to do things such as confession and this and that. And, and we're going to touch on some of that. But no, we were forgiven at the cross for all of our sin. And you've heard me say this many times, but let me say it for those who haven't. You know, Jesus, let's just say the, the beginning here of this uh, podium is when Jesus was crucified on the cross for your sin. Well, let's, we are somewhere here, let's say, around the year 2023. Well, our sin, when Jesus died for it, was all in the future tense for us because we were not alive then. So we didn't have past sin, we didn't have present sin at all, because we were not there. 
So all of our personal sin was in the future tense when he died for it. So to argue about, you know, tenses and past and present and future, it makes no sense. And it really takes away from gospel truth. He did forgive us for all of our sin. Now, if someone takes that as a license to sin, as some people say, you understand they don't really appreciate what Jesus did for them. You can understand they need a different type of heart surgery, not a physical one, because if their mind is so warped and twisted that they take, I am forgiven of all of my sin, so I can go and sin now and do because I am forgiven. You understand there's a greater issue going on there. Amen. Because who in the right mind would say, you know, he's forgiven me for all of it. So now I'm going to express my gratitude and appreciation by engaging in sin. And I mean, yeah, we'll mess up. Yes, we'll do things. But this is why it's called grace and mercy. Amen. But it doesn't take away the truth that we were forgiven of all of our sin. When Jesus said it is finished, that's what he meant. And so do I mind and am I, <laughs> am I happy to be judged by the words of Jesus as far as the forgiveness of all my sin? Of course I am. It is judging me right now. When I, the, minute I, the moment I received redemption in Jesus, those words, His words began to judge me. And those words say, He is forgiven of all of, our, all of His sin. It is finished. I did it. I took it all of myself. He is forgiven and He walks in forgiveness. So are you happy to be judged by His words? Of course I am. But someone who rejects that, that's why those words will judge them. But as a believer, we are happy to be judged by His words. Amen. Then, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. Watch what it says. But of Him, talking about God, <laughs> you are in Christ Jesus. So God is the one who puts us in Jesus. Then it says, who became for us. Jesus became this for you. And here it is. Wisdom from God. In other words, He gave you the ability to understand the gospel. Then it says, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So Jesus became, for the believer, He became righteousness. In other words, He gave them right standing before God. Then also He became sanctification, meaning that He made them holy before God. And He redeemed them. He became redemption for them. So their redemption is on the basis of what Jesus did to redeem them. Not what they do or they think they can do to redeem themselves. That's who Jesus became for you and me. That's who Jesus is to us and therefore that is what we are before God. We are righteous, we are holy and we are redeemed before God. Do our mind being judged by the words of Jesus? <laughs> Absolutely not. When you put your faith and trust in Him, it's those very words that judge you and began to judge you and will continue to judge you and will judge you forevermore because you believe on Him and you put your faith and trust in Him. Your righteousness is on the basis of what He did for you. Your holiness is on the basis of what He did for you and your redemption. And that, knowing those realities, understanding that living in it, then causes us to live righteously, to live holy and to live and enjoy the redemption we have in Jesus. Amen. So to answer the question, do you mind being judged by what Jesus said? Absolutely not. Let His words judge us. They are judging us as a believer. Amen. Then Ephesians 1 verse 6. Watch this. To the praise of the glory of His grace. Notice grace. By which, in other words, by grace, <laughs> He made us 
accepted in the beloved. Notice the capital B. In the original, that's how it is. Some translations take that away, but that's how it should be because it's talking about Jesus. So what this is saying is, is that by grace, in other words, we cannot earn it, we cannot deserve it. This is unmerited favor. By grace, God has made us accepted in Jesus. So he, God accepts us on the basis of Jesus, on the basis of us putting our faith and trust in Jesus. So do I mind being judged by the words of Jesus? Do I prefer to be judged by the words of Jesus? Absolutely. And in actual fact, if you're a believer, that's what judges you and continues to judge you and will always judge you forevermore. It's the very words of Jesus. And what did Jesus say? He said, you are forgiven. He said, you are righteous, you are holy, you are redeemed, and you are accepted by the Father. Praise God. I want those words to judge me and continue judging me, wouldn't you? Rather than me and what I can do and what I've done and what I haven't done. I don't want any of that. I want the words of Jesus to continue judging me. This is why, as a believer, we are judged too by the words of Jesus. You see, it works negatively for the unbeliever because they willingly chose to reject all that. How sad, isn't it? And I believe that God's grace and mercy is super abundant. You know, sometimes people think they understand the gospel. Sometimes people think they understand what God said. But it's only when we put ourselves aside and realize that in and of ourselves, we can never achieve what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's why He did it for us. And that's why it behooves us to put our total trust and confidence in Him and Him alone. That way, the words that He said will do and will continue to judge us forevermore. Amen. You see, it's the words of Jesus that determine your standing before God. And I'm so glad about that. Amen. You see, so this is how the believer is judged and will always be judged by the words of Jesus. Amen. So for the believer, think about it, judgment for sin already took place on the cross. You know, people oftentimes say, well, you know, and we'll get onto that in, in future parts here, but you know, you'll hear people say, well, what about the judgment seat of Christ? That's for the believer. The believer is going to be judged. Well, even if it is judgment, guess what you'll be judged by? You'll be judged by the words of Jesus. And what did he say? You're forgiven, you're righteous, you're holy, you're, you're sanctified, you're redeemed, and you're accepted in the beloved. It's not going to change that. But we'll get into that some more in, in maybe next time. You see, here's the thing. The judgment for your sin took place on the cross. When Jesus said, it is finished, part of what he meant with that is, is that the judgment for your sin, for my sin, has been done. It has been executed. That's why it is finished. It was finished. So all your judgment for your sin took place on the cross. And God is not going to judge your sin twice. There's people today who are believers, but who don't have wholesome understanding of gospel truth. And we're all learning, 
but they, they, have, they lack some revelation. They lack the understanding of the words of Jesus. And they think that something that is happening to them today is because God is judging them for something they've done. And I'm thinking, okay, so either Jesus did it or He didn't do it at all. Because He took the judgment of your sin on the cross. And that judgment was executed, completed and done. This is why we as a believer can have confidence that the only judgment we're going to face is going to be based on the words of Jesus, which are what I've just told you today. Amen. God isn't going to judge you for your sin twice. You never see God doing that in Scripture. You never see God judging someone for the same sin twice. It's just not His nature. Then He couldn't be a perfect God. So it is done. It is dealt with. Amen. But yes, we are being judged by the words of Jesus. And the words of Jesus are, you are forgiven. You're righteous, you're holy, you're redeemed, you're accepted in the beloved. This is who you are. Praise God for that. Amen. And so look at Hebrews 10 verse 10. It says, For God's will was for us to be made. Notice, not to become, not to work towards, but to be made. Watch this. Holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Let's leave that there for a moment. Look at it real carefully. <laughs> you want to know what God's will is for your life? Well, it's for you to be made holy. Holy means without sin, without blemish, acceptable before God, righteous, accepted in the beloved. That's what that means. And how did that happen? Not by your merit, by your performance, by your doing or not doing, but by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus. Jesus made you holy. God's will was for you to be made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus. And for how long? Once for all time. And we know that that extends to eternity. Amen. So you can see that God understands we're going to go through life. He understands we live in an imperfect body, in a fallen body still. He understands that the sin issue is still here on earth. And He understands all that. But this is why He wants us to put our faith and trust in Him and live by the words of Jesus so we can be judged by the words of Jesus and have confidence in our redemption in Jesus and in the knowing that it is God's will and He made me holy, not by what I do, what I don't do, my merit, my effort, my performance, but by what, by what Jesus did and He did it once for all time. No matter what I go through in life, what I face, no matter, you know, I may have a season of where I feel my faith is super high. Then I may go through seasons where I feel like, where's my faith? Discouragement, encouragement. Throughout all the seasons of our life, we can have confidence because we are judged by the words of Jesus. And it happened once for all time. Amen. I trust that this is exciting someone and making someone just understand the gospel in such a different way, in a better way. Amen. I'm encouraged. I'm glad about this. Praise God. I am happy to be judged by the words of Jesus. And you know, for anyone who's an unbeliever, well, we pray and believe that somehow they are going to believe the words of Jesus and take Him at His word. Otherwise, those very words will judge them and we don't want that for them. Amen. This is why we need to keep propagating the gospel. This is why we need to keep saying the things we've said today. And we need to keep on preaching gospel truth because people need to hear the words of Jesus and understand it and comprehend it so that they can receive it and put their faith and trust in Him so that they can be judged by His words 
but in the context of redemption and salvation in Jesus, as we are, as the rest of us are. Amen. Now I know that someone may ask, after me having said all that, someone will say, hmm, well then can you please explain to me about the judgment seat of Christ? What about that? And also, can you explain to me about <laughs> our works that will be put through the fire? I mean, come on now, that's talking about the believer. What about that? If you're telling me that we are judged by the words of Jesus, and you've shown us the words of Jesus and what He says about us, what about the judgment seat of Christ? What about our works that will be put through the fire? Those are all wonderful, good questions. Questions that I myself had in understanding this truth. And I'm going to answer them in this series. Today we've run out of time, but I am going to answer those very two same questions. Let's have a look at it real quick, just to give you a little taste for that, and then we'll get into it the next time. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, talking about believers, because... Paul writing here inspired, and he says, we, meaning that believers, right? He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, look at that, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And I know immediately someone's looking and thinking, see, the believer is going to be judged, and Jesus is going to judge them, over and above the words that he said, supposedly. And notice they're going to receive that they did. And it's going to be based on good and bad. I know. I know what it looks like and I know what it seems to be saying. But you'll see. <laughs> looking at the context, letting the Bible interpret the Bible, and looking at it through the eyes of God's love or through the finished work of the cross, you will see it's all going to make absolute sense. We're going to get into it. We're going to explain it. And then also the other one that I mentioned is, is you know, what about the works that our works that will be put through the fire? Well, we see that in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 13. It says, talking about the believer again, it says, Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. Watch this. And the fire shall try every man's work, every person's work, of what sort it is. And so I know, I know that after having shared what I shared, some folks are excited. They think, well, this sounds good, but it sounds too good to be true. Well, that's what gospel means. Nearly too good to be too good to be true good news, but it is good news. But I know, I know we need to explain these things. I know we understand, okay, if we are judged by the words of Jesus, that we are holy, we are righteous, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are accepted in the beloved. But look, apparently we're still going to be judged, face some kind of judgment. Well, we're going to clear all that up. And we're going to touch on those things. We're going to explain and we're going to do an exegesis on these portions and really get to understand what it is that it's talking about. And you will see that it's all congruent with what I've shared with you today. And it lines up with how the believer is already and has been judged at the cross for their sin and is judged by the words of Jesus from the moment they receive salvation forevermore. And they are judged as righteous, as holy, as accepted, as loved, and everything else that I've shared with you today. Amen. So don't miss the next parts on our series where we're going to clarify those things. We will answer them, and I believe you will understand them. They will be clear. I will give you evidence, not my opinion, not someone else's opinion, but I'm going to show you from the Word of God. And these will make absolute sense, and you'll see how they are 
congruent with what God said. Amen. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.